The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's Snoozefest 2023, a.k.a. Free Agency Day 1. What are we going to talk about? David, I told Dave we're going to talk about David Onyemata today. So that's uh, no, there's a lot of like, honestly, if we were doing an NFL podcast, a lot of interesting moving parts on defense, a little yep. bit of offensive line. But Dave, no wide receiver news, no running back news. Pretty interesting that it's taking so long thus far. But uh, how's free agency day one treating you? Snooze fest, totally boring, lame. Uh, but this is what's expected when the wide receiver free agency group is headlined by DJ Chark and Jacoby Myers and Odell Beckham. And this is what's expected when the running back group, although there are some pretty decent names out there, the fantasy names that we know, like uh, Miles Sanders is out there and Leonard Fournette and David Montgomery. But we've got a whole draft coming in late April that's going to put more running backs on the map. And uh, I got a feeling that those guys are going to get underwhelming contracts on the second wave of free agency, both the receivers and the running backs that are available. So not necessarily a great situation for fantasy managers trying to get a leg up. Free agency is going to be kind of dull there, but there could always be a trade. We're still waiting for a trade out of Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And who knows what else will happen? Maybe a trade out of L.A., Adam, for a certain running back that's been good to fantasy managers for years. Yes, right. So our job is to make this a fun show, and we're going to do it. We do have some good stuff to talk about. Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler trade rumors. Heath is coming on the show in about 10 minutes, and he's going to give his take on Jimmy Garoppolo uh, going to the Raiders and what it means for everybody. Michael Thomas is still on the Saints. I think that's something we should discuss here because as we spoke about uh, Chris Olave a couple weeks ago, I think we kind of did it with the thought that Thomas wouldn't be there but mm-hmm. he's still there, and Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer, so we're waiting to see that. There was a report that he was going to the Jets, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, Jalen Ramsey, how about Jalen Ramsey signing with the dog, getting traded to the Dolphins? That's not, like right now, nothing good has happened for, for Garrett Wilson. The, the Patriots re-signed their top cornerback. The Jets still don't have the quarterback they want. The Dolphins now have two elite cornerbacks, or, or very, very good cornerbacks at worst. So all that stuff we can discuss. Now, I did want to get some, I did want to crowdsource it a little bit, Dave. So 
I asked uh, people what they thought about. I think we got a lot of Bears talk. It's, we're going back to the Justin Fields, or the, sorry, the DJ Moore trade, the, the number one overall pick trade. But first, uh, let me get your take on the Austin Eckler, and if you want the Dalvin Cook trade rumors, um, what do you make of that? Eckler wants to get paid. Chargers might be telling him to kick rocks or to you know accept the deal that he signed a couple of years back, and he's asking for permission to seek a trade. There are very few teams that I think he could go to and have just as good fantasy value as with the Chargers. There's the three teams that are in need of running backs. There's Miami, Chicago, if they don't sign Montgomery. Uh, somebody told me today that they weren't going to re-sign Montgomery. And Carolina, three teams, they all need a running back. Eckler could fit in there. Yeah, I, I think you'd prefer him in Miami just because of the other offensive talent that's there, such as Mike White. But also Carolina could be interesting, too, with the rookie quarterback. And any team that gets him, they'd have to use him in the passing game just like the Chargers did. That would make sense. There's another team that would be maybe better than the Chargers, if you can believe that. There's there's actually two. Hmm. I don't give know me, how wait, realistic wait, 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 Give me are. some hints. Give me some hints. Let me see All right. The first one. Uh, playoff team in the AFC from last year. No. I hope you're not going to say Buffalo. I'm not going to say okay. Buffalo. Okay, <laughs> team from last year, the Ravens. No, this is is the this Dolphins. the fun podcast you're envisioning? <laughs> okay, who who who? What if you had to burrow your way to Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, yeah. so Joe Mixon's got all this stuff going on and a high cap number as well. Bengals can move on from him and put Austin Eckler in their backfield. I'd love it. And and I'm a little hesitant to put Eckler, you know, how often do running backs repeat how good that they do? He's been over 20 PPR points per game each of the last two seasons. Can you do it a third year? Maybe you could do it in L.A. Maybe you could do it in Cincinnati, too. I think that the Bengals would be an awesome landing spot. It's got to be a contender that he goes to as well. Why would he go to Chicago? If, you know, getting right. paid is nice, but... Are the Bears going to contend for a playoff spot? I don't care how much you like the moves that they made today in free agency. I don't think they're there. The even more unrealistic one. Here's your hint. Ex-Seahawks, ex-Saints. Denver. Denver. Mm -hmm. And obviously that that's be unrealistic really because the Broncos are in the same division. But think about Austin Eckler yeah. in that offense First of all, he'd be back home. He's from Colorado. Second of all, Sean Payton's track record, the average percentage of catches that running backs had in his offenses in New Orleans, 31.1% of all catches went to running backs. Eckler was already on a team that threw to their running backs about 25% of the time last year. Now it'd go up to 31. That'd be juicy for PPR. And we know that Javante Williams isn't exactly a sure thing to be ready for the start of the season. I don't know if the Broncos necessarily – I don't know if – I don't think the Broncos see themselves the way that a lot of analysts see them. I think they think they can contend, and they made some nice moves in free agency to start. They really did a good job on the right side of that offensive line. If that offensive line is a huge improvement after all, Russell Wilson should be calmer from the pocket, should be able to play like he did toward the end of last season. Mm -hmm. I like what they did there on deep, on offense. I wish we could talk more about that, but you're right. They're probably not going to trade him within the division because if you think about it, who is who was Austin Eckler's offensive coordinator the last two seasons? It was Lombardi, right. who's now in Denver as a uh, consigliere of right. Sean Payton. But he's a Sean Payton disciple. So that I, that's a good... I never thought about that. My thought was there is no team that would be better for Austin Eckler's value than the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have been top five in pass attempts three straight years. I think top six in passing yards three straight years. They just throw the hell out of the ball. And now Kellen Moore's a guy who... Oh, that jerk, he likes to light up the scoreboard and be the number one offense in the NFL. <laughs> he doesn't uh, like to win, though. Yeah, so... I, but but the thing about Eckler is he's never had more than 206 carries in a season. If you have nope. any questions about him is, can he actually be a workhorse? I'm not sure. No. Uh, right, right. He doesn't look Let like... Let him do what he's right, been Right, but doing. who's going to give him that opportunity? I think only the Chargers, and the Broncos are interesting, but the Chargers, to me, are right. the absolute best fit for Echo. I don't ever want to see running backs change teams, basically. Uh, they just never... You just always... See, I just always seem to want them to stay where they are. And it could end up happening where Eckler stays with the Chargers, and they just agree to, like, an addendum on his deal where, 
you know, he gets another year at a big contract value and there's some guaranteed money, whatever it is. But the Chargers should really work hard on trying to fix it because they've got a really good team and yeah. they've got a really good offensive line. And Eckler should slay with with Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator and Justin Herbert still a quarterback. All right, so quick uh, quick pause from that to talk about college basketball, okay? Because a couple of things. you got to listen to the Eye on College Basketball podcast. It is awesome. It's one of our oldest podcasts, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander. These guys are the best, and I will listen to it every time, every year, this time of year. I listen to this show. Why do you listen every time of year? Every this time of year, every year, because I want to fill out my brackets. Na 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 na. Okay. So anyway, I enjoy that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, listen to that podcast and join our bracket challenge because if you win it, you're in the podcast league. Uh, and you can do your brackets now on the CBS Sports app. You can play in men's and women's pools with friends. Join our challenges for the chance to win a new car. That's not an hour specifically, but on CBSSports.com. Trips to the 2024 Final Four. Get the CBS Sports app or visit CBSSports.com slash play to start filling out your brackets. No purchase necessary. See terms and rules for details. Uh, and in terms of our league, the FFT league, if you win it, you're in the podcast league. Link is in the episode description, but all you have to do is go to cbssports.com slash FFT. So I asked the people, I knew that we didn't have a ton to talk about today, but I did ask the people, um, what, you know, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? And a lot of Bears stuff. People wondering what happens at running back for the Bears. You just said that you heard that they're not going to bring back David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think B. John Robinson is an answer? Um, I think uh, so. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of people want to know about the Bears and some questions about the running back spot. So, with the trade, getting DJ Moore and beefing up on defense a little bit today, what do you think about the Bears' running game? I think they need to work on it. Uh, I know they like Khalil Herbert. We've been saying it for goodness, it feels like seven months now that Khalil Herbert fits into what they want to do on offense, but. I think short of them drafting Bijan Robinson, they are a team that looks destined toward having a duo, if not a trio, in their backfield. The one thing the Bears did not do today was pick up capable tackles. They were going after Mike McGlinchey. He went to Denver. Uh, it, it seemed like the Bears didn't want to pay McGlinchey what he got from Denver. They got Nate Davis from Tennessee Davis is a good run blocker. He's not a very good pass blocker, but bears are going to do plenty of running this year. So whoever their running backs are, will be of interest in fantasy. I would imagine that it will be a duo for now. We know that Khalil Herbert will be part of that duo. So he's in that mid round range as a running back that you'll consider an RB three. That's as things stand out. He has been so good. He has played six games in his career. Khalil Herbert without David Montgomery or with Montgomery leaving very yep. early with an injury. He has mm-hmm. 18 or more carries and 70 or more rushing yards in all six games. So interesting. I, I, yeah, it's a lot, you know, and uh, he's got, yeah, 72 or more rushing yards in all six games. And yeah, he crushed it. He, he did fit. Now two of the games from this past year, the two games that he played without Montgomery, Houston and the giants. So he benefited mm. from that. But Herbert was also really good the year before at the Raiders against Green Bay, at Tampa Bay against San Francisco. He was okay. So I, w- I would love for him to get a shot. I think he's better than David Montgomery, but that's just me. Just, uh, you know, We'll see. Um, well, the Bears might tell you the exact same thing. Yeah, I, th- I think statistically David Montgomery is one of the least impressive running backs that, that's yes. gotten as much work as, as he mm-hmm. has. Um. Ravito says, look what it didn't happen. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. <laughs> so this might be an outdated question by the time you finish answering it, but you think he's going to stay in Green Bay or is that off the table? No. I, I think that he will move on from Green Bay. I think the Packers, I think they want to see what they've got in Jordan Love. And he's got, Love's got potential now. He's He did have a live arm in college. His second to last year at Utah State was way better than his last year at Utah State. Some circumstances played a role. But a couple of years on the bench in Green Bay, he should be ready to go this season. It feels like Green Bay is turning the page and maybe installing an offense that they didn't think they could do with Aaron Rodgers, but they can do with Jordan Love. 
Uh, I'm curious to see it. Love will be one of my targets in two quarterback drafts when I don't get two good quarterbacks early on. Say I'm waiting on the position. Love is going to be in that like QB 20 range, 18 to 23. Let's call it there. Uh, but a target is a number two QB. And in one quarterback leagues, might end up being somebody I'll take with my third to last pick before I take my defense and my kicker. So how would you rank, assuming Aaron Rodgers is no longer on the Packers, Jordan Love, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo? I believe I have Love at the top of that list simply for the upside. Because I don't, I don't love, I don't love the upside for Garoppolo. I, I mean, I know he's got great guys to throw to, but we've seen so much of Garoppolo. The combination of him not being a downfield attacker, and when he does attack downfield, it hasn't been pretty, along with the injury risk. So certainly in a one quarterback league, that's an easy pass. In a two quarterback league, I kind of get it, especially if the Raiders don't add another quarterback through the draft. Maybe you would consider him over Love, but if the Packers don't add another quarterback through the draft and it's just Jordan Love, you can feel the exact same way about him. So would you rather go with the young guy that, you know, you, you don't know what he's capable of doing, but you know that there's potential, or do you go with the older quarterback where you've seen him play for years and you know that there isn't a lot of potential? To me, that's an easy answer to go with Love. You mentioned Carr, I think, in between those two. Yeah, I would I would take Carr over Love, so I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I'll take Love. I'll take love over car. Maybe it changes if car, you know, really starts to spout off and we're hearing things about how great Chris Olave is looking. And if Michael Thomas stays there, but it's, it's almost the same exact argument. I think it's once in Derek Carr's career, he's gone North of 20 fantasy points a game. What are you drafting? You're drafting 18, 17 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Take my chances with Jordan love. Yeah. Now, if you've ever seen the movie Titanic, some people prefer love in the car. Right? You know that seed? Like, yeah, okay. So anyway. They're on a boat, Adam. Yeah, but they're in a car in the, you know, when they're in that car, like in the steam room or whatever. There's a car in, in the, the hand, steam room? On the, you know, the steamy hand? There's a lot of stuff that happened in that movie. <laughs> Schaefer, come on. You know the seed, right? Never seen Titanic? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they're, they're like. And the podcast hits car. an iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. I want to talk goodness. about Michael Thomas when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So the reason why I'm I like Derek Carr over Jordan Love is I just, you know, I kind of feel like you know what you're getting with Derek Carr. He's QB 18. Let's just put it in pencil, but like a colored pencil. Okay. Not, you know, harder to erase. Easier to Purple. See. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think Michael Thomas is going to stay there. And that's a pretty good, and they, they re-signed Juwan Johnson for what that's worth. I like no, it. No, no, they have a group. They yeah, got a group. it's not bad. It's not bad. So... Yeah, well, think? Derek Carr had a group last year in Las Vegas, and, and he was he, do? he was fine. Yeah, he was his, okay. Derek Carr, twenty PPR, twenty. But no, PPR doesn't I, matter. no, but I'm not twenty I'm fantasy not, points a game. I don't have enough colored pencils to put Jordan Love in for twenty PPR, twenty fantasy points per well, game. There's that, only one colored pencil you need for this conversation, and it's brown, <laughs> because it's not a lot of excitement when we're talking about. Listen, it, Jordan Love. I don't. I don't think he's got like the greatest upside of any quarterback we're talking about. But he's got he's got some, and I just 
you, you, you were literally coming off of a year where Derek Carr had Devontae Adams, and then at times Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on top of it, not to mention Josh Jacobs contributing out of the backfield. Is this a better receiving core? No, no, but if they but that was healthy, a bad year which for we him. can't say they can do. That was a bad year for Derek Carr, and he was still serviceable. And, and he was 18th per game, by the way. And my favorite Derek Carr stat is that he had more 20 fantasy point games than Trevor Lawrence. He had more 20 fantasy point games than Daniel Jones. The reason his season looks so bad, the season reason, is he had three horrible games. One of them was at New Orleans, and he... They, oh, they had the flu, one. and Devontae Adams was terrible. They, they didn't get the ball past midfield. I don't there's The starters didn't, at least. One of them was at Pittsburgh in the cold weather where we know he can't play, uh, and I don't remember the third one. But he doesn't have any cold weather games. He potentially has zero cold weather games now. I'm bringing on Heath now. So, uh, Heath, it's amazing. I like th- this is what we're talking about. Day one of free agency, it's Carr Derek versus Carr. Jordan Love. I've been listening to two minutes of Derek Carr talk. <laughs> And amazingly, we've already had a Daniel Jones reference. <laughs> so it's a pretty spectacular podcast from what I can tell. Um, so I wanted to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah. Because he is going to take Derek Carr's place in Las Vegas. And I saw a clip on Twitter. Um, we do a good job of getting clips out from the show now on how Garoppolo was a maybe a, a downgrade for Devontae Adams. Um, I don't really think that's true. I don't. I, I, it is true that Devontae Adams had a, his highest ADOT in the last five years last year, and Derek Carr had his highest intended air yards per attempt um, in five years last year. And Carr was a lot better at throwing the deep ball than Garoppolo and throws the deep ball a lot more. It's also true the the best year of Devontae Adams' career, when he averaged 98 yards a game and had 18 receiving touchdowns, he had an 8.98 ADOT. Um, Devontae Adams will do whatever the quarterback does well, and he'll do it as well as anybody in the NFL. Yeah, but but that that ADOT, what did you say, 8.9? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Isn't that a lot higher than, than Debo? I mean, Debo's, you know. Well, he's not going to be Debo, no. Right. I mean, Debo had a running back ADOT. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I know. I that's just, not the same type of player. Uh, yeah, I it's a it's a different it's an interesting fit, but I think a I lot of people, I, myself I, included, I thought he would be worse last year, and he was awesome in exactly. kind of a way that he hadn't been awesome before. He had a whole bunch of deep touchdown catches. He had a fifty-five percent catch rate last year. He was like Jamar Chase last year. Right, right. So he's um, just amazing. But he's been the seventy-seven percent catch rate guy because they're all short area targets. He can do any of those things. Right. And Garoppolo is not good at throwing the deep ball. He is. I think very good at short area targets and hitting guys on time and producing yak. Um, and so I think that he'll probably continue to be good at that. I think it's great for Darren Waller. It's great for Josh Jacobs. It's great for Hunter Renfro. And it probably doesn't matter for Devontae Adams. Okay, so I was a little surprised that Dave and Jamie have CeeDee Lamb ahead of Devontae Adams. Do you? I think I did before this. I have not updated my rankings based on today's news. Um and but more like in the projections, I definitely have Adams projected for more points. But you know, I'm become, I'm going to be an ageist this year, um, <laughs> and so thirty year old receivers are taking a little bit of a hit. But I I think that both Jacobs, I, yes, I had Lamb at um, wide receiver four and Adams at wide receiver seven. Um, he might be wide okay. receiver six. Okay, but. Okay. I think they're both top 15 picks, Jacobs and Adams. Yeah, that's that's what Dave and, and Jamie said as well. Second round for sure. Uh, I don't know if they specifically said top 15. Okay, so everybody's I, I think on the we same have to talk right? about Jacobs as a top five running back. Okay. Explain. There are so few backs that have his projected touch profile. He was just in this offense. It's not going to be a bad offense now. They have an NFL-quality starting quarterback who doesn't like to throw the ball down the field very much, and he's going to get 360 touches. And unlike the other guys who might get that many touches, he's only 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really argue, Dave. What do you think? (laughs) I am always nervous to buy into a running back the year after he has a... Big statistical jump 
when we know that a bag is on the line. Okay. Jacobs was in his rookie contract year and his PPR points per game jumped five points per game. Expecting that to happen again, putting him in the top five, it feels a little too risky. Because now we're talking about my very first pick is going to be Josh Jacobs. And potentially, like, where, where does that fall in? Eighth overall, ninth overall, maybe 12th? It feels a little too dicey for me, I, especially yeah, I, with what I, I honestly think it's a downgrade in quarterback going from Carter Garoppolo. Yeah, it's and, and I know that that seems to be the prevailing sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the only reason I would think that it is is because Garoppolo is likely to get hurt and then you go back up, play more games. But I can't find anything statistically that says that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But you know, that's the thing about Garoppolo. If you just looked at statistics, right. you'd think he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Right. We just don't, and I said this earlier on the bonus podcast, we don't have a lot of examples. I can't really think of any examples other than Mostert and Wilson of players leaving San Francisco. I don't know how they're going to do outside of the system. You know, <laughs> they've had, they've had a, the same core for a while. Right. So sure. it's an experiment. And, and that's the thing. I, like, is, I just is, think there's, no, yeah. other than Kyle Shanahan, who knows the strengths and weaknesses of Jimmy Garoppolo better than Josh McDaniels? Mike, that's a fair Mike, point. Mike McDaniel. Anybody whose name has McDaniel in it. Um, <laughs> Xavier. Right. And one of the problems with Carr connecting with McDaniels last year was that he didn't, he didn't want to just do the, everything's determined by Josh McDaniels, hit the guy the first target that you're supposed to hit and don't change anything. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can do that all day. Maybe it would be worth our time to study how Garoppolo did in New England. No. And do those numbers compare to what he did in San Francisco? I don't think so. That is so, that is ages ago. I, but it's the same offense. And it's what, four games he had? Those four games at the start I, of that season? I don't know if it's the same offense or not. Tom Brady wasn't slinging it like Derek Carr was last year. True. It's true. Yeah. But here's the thing, Heath. Even if Garoppolo is asked to throw it deep like Derek Carr was asked to throw it deep, it doesn't mean he's going to be as effective as Derek Carr was. In fact, the track record says that he'll be worse than that. Yeah, I mean, he's not ever thrown to Devontae Adams. We've, I think we've gotten a pretty good lesson over the past three years in how much difference an elite wide receiver can make to a quarterback. Where Derek do you have Garoppolo ranked? Um, like one spot I had a car, I think it's 21 and 22. Uh, I'm in that same range. And perhaps the difference that uh, an elite wide receiver can make for a running back as well. And I, because I specifically remember the Seahawks game when Josh Jacobs had that, what was it, 80 ish yard walk off touchdown in, in overtime. And Pete Carroll said, Yeah, we were paying so much attention to Devontae Adams that we didn't do a good enough job against Josh Jacobs. So that might be something. To look at, see if there's any correlation between great, you know, the elite wide receivers and great running games. But um, all right, interesting thoughts there, uh, Heath. You remember the the car scene in Titanic, right? They're in the car. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just googled it. It exists. Um, so, what did this whole conversation tell us about Michael Thomas? You guys have any interest in Michael Thomas now that it appears it appears he's going to be on the Saints? So, just wrapping up a thought from eight minutes ago, Michael Thomas on the Saints. Dave, what round are we talking? Are we talking round five or round six? Because that feels way too oh, soon. No. But once you get past that, and maybe even like round eight range. Then we're talking about there's a potential value here, and if he ends up playing only three games again because he's got problems with his ankle or his foot or his head or whatever, then he's pretty easy to move on from. So if the later that we're drafting him, I I, I caution a little bit on round seven because I still think there's a lot of players that'll be in round seven who I'd rather have, but let's call it round eight or later. It almost feels like you're potentially stealing, and that's if he stays in New Orleans even with Derek Carr there. Yeah, I will predict that if Michael Thomas shows up for the first day of training camp and is still 100% healthy by the biggest draft weekend of the year, that Michael Thomas is probably a sixth round pick. And Chris Olave is what? Round four-ish? Does, his, does Michael Thomas's availability... His health, you know, let's say he is healthy for week one. Does that change the way you evaluate Chris Olave? Do you drop him? 
I think you'd have to just yeah. because of the target volume not being the up the upside for the targets just isn't quite the same with Michael Thomas there. Mm-hmm. But I'm still gonna look at Olave as like three four turn type of range. Although I can give you the numbers if you're looking right now. I have them. Like he had 13 <laughs> targets in a game with Michael Thomas in the field, he did? didn't he? So, he did. so here, here's the first three games Michael Thomas played. Those are the only he and Jameis Winston. Those are the only games they played. It's worth noting that New Orleans uh, was on was averaging 38 pass attempts per game and 286 passing yards per game. So that was outstanding. Michael Thomas had 22 targets. Chris Olave had 29 targets. And Juwan Johnson had 13 targets. Jarvis Landry had 19 targets. But Olave had seven more targets in those three games than Michael Thomas. The first three games of his career. So, and that was with Jameis Winston. And now, remember, Olave was was super high ADOT in those games. Jameis is kind of a downfield guy, but that's uh, that's your stat for you. I don't know if that's going to matter at all, but he did out. Were there any games where Michael Thomas had more targets than Chris week, Olave? Week one. That's it. Yeah, it was like a flip. Michael Thomas in week one had eight, oh, he had eight, nine, and five targets. Olave had, let's see, eight, nine, five for Thomas, three, 13, 13. 13 targets in weeks two and three for Chris Olave. His Did Thomas get weeks. hurt in week three? And that's why he only had the five? I don't think so. Maybe, I think he played a fairly normal snap share. Okay. But, no, that makes me feel better about Olave. That's a quite, that's the kind of thing that would also make me feel better. But then I think about it; it's three games with a different quarterback. I think the overall, the overall theme of Michael Thomas is there. That's not good for Chris Olave. Should outweigh what happened in three games, right? I'm not saying it's terrible for Olave, but it's not good for Olave. Yeah, um, I think it really depends on how much they're going to throw the ball to. Yeah, they could be headed toward a direction where they're throwing it a lot, though. Okay, everyone's talking about the car scene in Titanic, so feel good about that. Got everyone off track there in the in the YouTube chat. Um, we will finish up with a few more thoughts here. We've got we'll go through all the news, a lot of defensive news and offensive line news and stuff like that, and they could be fantasy relevant. Even those defensive, uh, even those defensive headlines. I mean, are the Falcons on their way to having a good defense? Are the Bears on their way to having a good defense? We'll talk about it after this break on fantasy football today. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Free agency day one recap. Hasn't really been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's just been not for like fantasy. Right. Not a lot of fantasy relevant moves. It sets us up for a pretty fun week going forward. <laughs> Eventually so. these guys are well, going to have to sign. There's not a lot of... Um, I mean, the running backs will eventually happen, but it's, there's not like a lot of wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers nope. trade might happen. Like it's just it's kind of a down year for free agency for fantasy purposes. If we've got Eckler, Hopkins, and Dalvin Cook trade rumors, I, I feel like one of them another like I keep getting a notification on my phone, it's another defensive player. Now the Vikings have signed Marcus Davenport. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I think I think Dalvin I think Hopkins is gonna get traded. Yeah. Um, I do too. I can't imagine the Chargers are gonna trade Eckler. Could Eckler hold in? Sure. It's the last year. Play. I mean, yeah, you can hold hold out his age twenty eight season and see how that works out getting a contract next year. All right, so let's go through um, some of the headlines here. John U. Smith going to the Falcons. So quarterback news. Oh, that freaked people out, and it shouldn't. Okay, quarterback news. Uh, the Rams GM Les Snead said that Matthew Stafford is one of the team's pillars. 
The Raiders signed Garoppolo. Oof. The Dolphins signed Mike White. The Niners signed Sam Darnold. So those are two teams with injury-prone quarterbacks, obviously. Miami signing Mike White. San Francisco signing Sam Darnold. Denver. Which one would you rather have in a two-quarterback league? <laughs> oh, easy definitely answer. Darnold. Yeah, Darnold's going to average eight yards in attempts. <laughs> yeah. Not White? I mean, no, think about this. Who, who do you? I don't know the answer to this, but who do you think is a better quarterback, Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy? I really liked what I saw from Purdy last year. Darnold had some good moments last year too, but there's been so many bad moments for him. Um, life Problem on, is that Purdy, we don't know. How yeah, life, life on the line, Heath. Life on the line, it's 100% Darnold. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if it's right now. The second overall pick. Uh, different drafts. The second overall pick versus the last pick of the draft. Is, is I would funny. take Gardner Minshew over both, and I'm really hopeful that Gardner Minshew goes to the, the Vegas to back up Jimmy Garoppolo, and then we get like half a season of Minshew starting. Uh, Denver signing Jarrett Stidham. Jameis Winston's going back to the Saints. And I mean, can you imagine the the backup quarterback, the agents of those guys, as soon as they heard Jimmy was signing with the Raiders? Like that's the <laughs> and prime Stidham left backup job. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and make sure that you get a. Well, what about Arizona? That's just a good job. <laughs> Arizona is kind of better than that, just because you might have a chance to start to begin the year. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jameis Winston back to the Saints, and Houston signing Case Keenum, uh, running back. Multiple teams believe that the Vikings have discussed trading Dalvin Cook, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Austin Eckler has requested uh, permission to speak to other teams. According to Adam Schefter, Denver released Chase Edmonds. Denver is a big spot right now for a running back. It is interesting. We do not have a definitive timetable on Javante Williams. It was a pretty serious injury. So uh, if one of the main running backs, if it's Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, whoever, Kareem Hunt goes to Denver, it's going to be something pretty interesting. The Giants uh, Sean signed Sean Payton Matt did say he'd really like to bring Latavius Murray back. That would not be wow. so interesting. <laughs> Um, all right, wide receiver news. The Vikings released Adam Thielen. So that would be an interesting landing spot for one of the wide receivers. But as it stands right now, I wish I had this stack and I could find it quickly. But KJ Osborne, two years ago, was pretty damn good without Adam Thielen. Uh, what, Heath, what do you think about KJ Osborne right now? There's a very, very strong Alan Lazard feeling to it. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Maybe a number three wide receiver that I'm not going to be able to get excited about. I don't think. Um, I resent. I, I resent this. You are underrating. <laughs> you are underrating how number two wide receivery Alan Lazard was from weeks two through nine or ten. Whenever, <laughs> whenever Christian Watson started. Well, he didn't play week one, but whenever Christian Watson replaced Alan Lazard, number two. He was. He was. <laughs> he, he had a six-week stretch where he was number two, all right. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Fair enough. Do you know what Osborne averaged in his last five games, last five regular season games? No. 17.4 PPR points oh, per yeah, game. Oh, yeah. Look at that game log. Couple of Juicy. big ones, 100 and, 117 yards at Chicago, yeah. 157 I'm, yards I'm, against I, the Colts. If things don't really change in Minnesota, that's going to be an ascending player. That'll be a guy that's picked closer to Michael Thomas than anybody's thinking about right now. And if you're best ball in it right now, he's a good player to take a stab on that round 10 range. If you get him there. Report that the Broncos could be could consider trading a wide receiver from ESPN. Uh, Houston signing Robert Woods and the Giants signing Sterling Shepard. Uh, so, <laughs> Heath, I'll ask you the useless question I asked earlier. Who would you rather have, Robert Woods or Sterling Shepard? Well, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard's target share in games when he and Daniel Jones have both been healthy. Look at it. It's just like it's it's very wide receiver too Um <laughs> I would take uh, – I would like – I'd rather have K.J. Osborne. Same. Do you know how many targets Sterling Shepard had in three games with Daniel Jones? Like 39? 24. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about tight end? So the Falcons acquired Johnny Smith from New England, reuniting with Arthur Smith. Dave, were, yeah. were you freaked out by this? No. No one should be freaked out by it. Arthur Smith does tend to collect players that can create mismatches. That's why he was 
attracted to Pitts and Drake London in the draft. Here's another guy that should be able to. He just makes a ton of stupid mistakes. Got overpaid by the Patriots. I got sucked into that. I thought he'd be pretty good with the Patriots. And for a little while, he he wasn't bad. But I just I he's going to be like the number two tight end there. He'll catch a touchdown every six weeks. I don't see Jonu Smith being fantasy relevant whatsoever. And I don't honestly, I don't see him hurting Kyle Pitts. Maybe he he can even actually help open up Kyle Pitts. Okay. I just think that they're going to commit even further to two tight ends and a cloud of dust. Right, but these are tight ends that aren't great blockers. These are tight ends that well, are Kyle runners. Pitts was a very active blocker. That was I don't he know good, if he's good at, it? at it or not? But they had him do it. Right. Well, they should stop that. Uh, I, do, have, I think that this I, this does not make me think they are going to stop that. We have a complaint in the chat. From okay. Island Eric. Heath never acknowledges the chat. What is up with that, Heath? Um, I don't even know where the chat is. <laughs> you, don't, you don't see it? I don't even know. I'm sorry, guys. What do you um, see on the on the right side of your screen? The private no chat? No one invited me to the chat. You have a private chat, you see? All I see is the private chat. Hey, click comment. You see the comments? Oh, wow. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> wow, look at the chat. Congratulations. Welcome to the chat. Oh, I'm never going to pay attention to you guys again. <laughs> I'm just going to read the chat. <laughs> the uh, the Saints signed Jawan Johnson to a two-year deal, and Denver signed tight end Chris Manhurts. Offensive line. All right, some significant offensive line stuff here. The, the Eagles center Jason Kelsey, he's returning for another season. Uh, the Chiefs are going to sign for this is big for the Chiefs because they're losing both tackles in theory. They're signing Jacksonville right tackle Jawan Taylor to a big deal four years, 80 million, 60 million guaranteed. The Broncos so far are the offensive line winners. They have uh, they are going to sign Mike McGlinchey right tackle from San Francisco. He's 28 years old, five year deal, 87 and a half million dollars. Uh, they're also signing former Ravens offensive guard Ben Powers. So good stuff here for the Broncos. Uh, Washington making some moves as well, getting Kansas City right tackle Andrew Wiley, three years, $24 million, and also signing uh, former Giants center Nick Gates. The Titans getting Andre. This was an interesting contract to me. Andre Dillard, three years, $39 million, and I don't know the specifics. It's never, you know, I don't know how much is guaranteed there, but this is a guy, Andre Dillard, who was a backup for the Eagles. Granted, a backup for the best offensive line in football, former first-round pick, but interesting one for the Titans, who have lost a lot from a bad offensive line last year. They... Dave, to me, are you there, Dave? I'm here. Okay. Uh, it seems like um, the Titans could have a pretty bad offensive line, but which wouldn't be much of a change from last year. No. Uh, Dillard was a popular offensive tackle in his draft, former first-round pick, didn't work out in Philadelphia, lost a battle for a starting job a couple seasons back. They'll try and salvage him in Tennessee, but it's – I don't know. He might actually be an upgrade over what they had at times at tackle last year. But that's another team with an offensive line that we've got to keep a real close eye on. The Bears signed former Titans guard, another guy the Titans are losing, Nate Davis. Yep, talked about him earlier in the show. Good run blocker, terrible pass blocker. Bills are signing former Cowboys offensive lineman Connor McGovern. He is a better pass blocker than run blocker. And the Falcons are re-signing right guard Chris Lynch to a five-year deal worth $105 million. And, I mean, yeah. anytime you can go spend $100 million on a guard and add a second tight end. <laughs> Didn't they re-sign Keith Smith as well? Yeah, they did. Their fullback, they're fullback, they and they got Jesse like, Bates, and their defensive line is beefed up. Like, I, I know I joked about this on Twitter a little bit today, and I think most people are joking, but... I hope it's Bijan. I really hope they draft Bijan and just run it 500 times <laughs> and win yeah. that division. All right, real before we finish up here, do you get this reference, Heath? Welcome to the party, pal. That's you joining the chat, but it's also that, a movie. I believe reference. that's a quote from Die Hard. It is. Yes. All right, Heath. Big one there. All right. Okay. Uh, anything else? There's a lot of defensive stuff. There's we just saw Draymond Jones go to the Seahawks. Yeah, we did. And Jalen Ramsey nice was obviously a huge deal. Yeah, Dolphins defense is is going to be pretty good. They'll get drafted. They'll end up being a DST that you look at with one of your last two picks. They added David Long, a linebacker. 
Ramsey's a big signing for them. Their pass rush is on the on the rise. This is this is a good one. And Vic Fangio's there. The 49ers signed Javon Hargrave. That wasn't fair. That that defensive front doesn't need to be any better. Yeah, that that's your number one DST right now. Kind of obvious. I'm I'm really I wouldn't say worried, but curious about the Eagles. So they lose Hargrave. The the right up the middle of their defense, they yep. lost somebody. Right, they they lost safety Marcus Epps. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have over half their starters. Yeah, they're not going to have both cornerbacks back, and they might not have either cornerback back. Bradbury is a free agent. Darius Slay, I guess, has permission. Gardner Johnson is out there. Yep. Yeah, they have so many free agents. This team's window may have closed, but here's the silver lining. Just imagine this offense without a defense holding them back in the fourth quarter of games. Mm. And Bills are another team that are pretty interesting as they lose Tremaine Edmonds. He goes to the Bears. Huge deal. The Bears sign Tremaine Edmonds from the... Bills and TJ Edwards, two linebackers. He's Edwards from the Eagles, so the Bears making moves. I don't mm-hmm. think the I don't think the Bears are going to be bad against the run. I don't know if they'll be good against the pass, but I think that the, they're not going to be bad against the run. Maybe just average. All right. Let's see. Anything else here? Jamel Dean. Who's on their D line? I think that's TBD. Right, and their pass rush is still. Mm-hmm. You think about some of the best teams in football last year and. The Eagles are going to lose a lot on defense. The Bills are going to lose a lot on defense. And mm-hmm. the Bengals losing both starting safeties, although bringing back Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, Pratt's a good signing for them. They'll find safeties that can fit into their defense. All right. Oh, I know what I wanted to finish with. Three proposed rules changes. Hmm. Rule changes? <laughs> okay. Uh, the Chargers proposed a rule that I propose. They The Chargers listen to this show. Because I, well, they actually screwed it up. They got way too specific with it. But they proposed the rule that I've been, you know, really wanting. Uh, it would give a wild card team a higher seed than a division winner under two circumstances. One, the division winner has a losing record. And two, the wild card team has four or more wins more than the division winner. Why does it have to be that? Why can't it just be they have a better record than the division winner? Why do they need to be four games better than the division winner? It doesn't make any sense. We've talked about this. There's got to be a, a big grand prize for the winner of each division. Yeah, you make the playoffs. That's a pretty damn Not big prize. Not a big grand enough prize to the owners. Uh, you Making the playoffs is a big deal. You should not get home field advantage for being sub-500. For a week? Right. The owners will disagree with you. Well, I disagree with them. The Rams well, then figure out a way to make up that revenue. But what the, it's, it's not like the owners are losing revenue. It's just going to a different owner. <laughs> it's not like we're losing a home game here. Sure. One year could benefit a different owner. Absolutely. But the whole idea is each year, one out of four has the chance to host at least one home playoff game. If you change that rule, then yeah. there's a chance that your entire division could be shut out. That lowers your chances of hosting a home playoff game. Why does it? Why? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Look, four teams are going to host the playoff game, right? In the first round, yes. Yeah. So, what does it matter if it, if you win your division or it's just the four best records from that you know from that? Because pool. it's a, it's a lock that one team from each division will host the playoff game. It shouldn't be. I don't disagree with it, but the owners will. Yeah, the owners are wrong. So the uh, well, the they're Rams the ones that have the money. So. The Rams proposed the rule that would make he roughing, who has the gold. roughing the passer would be reviewable. What do you think? Um, I don't think they'd do a good job of that. So I'd review it. I like it. It should be, but pass interference should be too, and we can't we we can't do that. We found yeah. that out pretty quick. Another thing the owners don't want to do is have four hour games. I am skeptical that they'll be able to do this well. Here's the problem I have with the whole pass interference thing. I've said this before, too, so I apologize, but you probably don't remember. Uh, it it was obvious. It, the, the NFL, whoever it was, I forget who it was who was doing it. It's one guy. He was doing a bad job. I'm sorry to say it. I remember specifically a DeAndre Hopkins player. Everybody watched it. Everybody knew what the call should have been. They came back with a different call. It's pretty, pretty stinking easy, I think, to make those calls. They overcomplicate it. So we know sometimes, oh, that was not roughing the passer, or that was roughing the passer. 
don't make it so complicated. I don't know. Yeah, I think because the problem is that like you're, you're, it's always coming down to one man's judgment. Mm-hmm. And so is it the one man who's standing on the field with a whistle or is it the one man who's sitting in the booth? But it's still going to be one man. Do a Twitter poll. He's not. He's not. <laughs> he's not going to be a hundred percent accurate. He's. he's we're, we're hoping for like fifty-five to sixty percent. And it's a bad look if all the referees on the field decide that a play is legal and fair, but there's a guy sitting in a booth watching a replay that says, "Nope, that's roughing the passer." People start getting. Uh, They're going to conspiracy spray. theories. Exactly. Well, I think it's. I think it's you only review roughing the passer. You, you don't review non calls. But if a if there's a roughing the passer call, should, I think it should be reviewable. But then it's still subjective in the review. But it's easier to to make the call when you're looking at a slow motion replay than just live action. Mm. Like as it is now, you got to define it even more. No, you don't. No, uh, you can't just say I know it when I see it. You're such a grump. You're a grump. Uh, <laughs> the if Eagles propose the rule that would replace onside kicks with a 4th and 20 from the team's own 20-yard line. And if you convert it, you keep the ball. Anything's better than an onside kick. I don't know why the Chiefs didn't propose this the day they drafted Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just never kick off again. Um, Yeah, I, I don't really like it. Do Do you like onside kicks? No. Me but yeah, I just don't want, like, we don't need to make it easier for you to get the ball back when you're behind by two scores with less than a minute to go. You should have done a better job and not been behind by two scores with less than a minute to go. What if you're behind by one score with less than a minute to go? Um, then, and you have the ball, then you score, and you tie the game, and it's fine. No, oh, okay. Oh, so you're, you're saying it was two scores, now it's one score. Right. I don't, that's ridiculous. 14, it's like you're that's down by ridiculous. 14 points. You go score a touchdown, and you're like, I should get a chance to win the game. That, okay, so then we don't, well, that's we should just make the game playing. 58 minutes long, Heath. Why do we even well, play the last two minutes? We're playing the last two minutes. We're not going to make special rules just so you can get a chance to catch up. <laughs> ridiculous. All right, we're out of here, yeah, everybody. Like the the eight-point touchdown now if you score from the 50? Go. <laughs> no, look what the XFL is doing. You can score nine points on a, on a drive. Okay, go watch Titanic, everybody. We'll see you later. We'll talk to you tomorrow. A lot of big news tomorrow. We promise. I'll play this football today. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts